As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to Power Hour, the Athletics Tuesday National College Football Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Nicole Auerbach, and I am joined by friend and colleague Michael Felder from Stadium as we break down the biggest storylines in college football in an hour or less. And Felder, we are getting closer and closer to kickoff, which I know you are excited about. Yeah, I'm excited for football, like actual football. I'm excited to... Like, what did we learn? Like, what have we learned from last season? What becomes a trend? What's going to be the new thing? So I'm super pumped about it. And I, the big thing for me when I look at football, and maybe this is something that people don't think about a ton, but I always look at how I would attack teams or where their weakness is. And that's kind of what my last few weeks and going the next few weeks are going to be as we figure out where do you attack teams or do you have the ability to attack teams? Well, also, I feel like you've got to start getting your body prepared for the 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. marathon. Like, you've got to you, – because you were a late-night Mountain West Hawaii-type watcher, correct? Oh. oh, I love watching Hawaii play. I love them. So, very excited about that. And, yes, I do have to I've, – I've been doing two things, if we're going to be honest. I've been doing two things. One, I've been trying to stay up later. Proud of you. Two, two, I've also been – spending anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes outside in the heat. And I guess this is an additional third. I've been bumping my AC up a little bit because I have to be prepared to be in an office two days a week. (laughs) And I don't want to be a sweat machine. Okay. So that's what the outdoor heat is about. Just trying to train your body not to sweat as much. Yeah. I'm trying to train my body to sweat less. Okay. Because I like... Listen, if 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 I had if it was if I had my druthers and the world was if I controlled the world, put a sweater on. We're keeping it at sixty six, baby. Okay. Well as someone who's cold all the time, um, that is terrifying temperature. I am trying to remember how to have a life and to make food and cook and plan everything around 
because that all goes out the window the second the season starts. So I'm trying to do that. I also have been knee-deep in the world of fall weddings, Felder. There are Mm -hmm. all of these people out there who never wanted to get married in the fall because of college football. And I got to tell you, it is cutthroat. These people are talking about they're on, like, their third dates. They're having trouble getting venues. They can't get Saturdays. They maybe Friday. I think my parents are going to a Thursday wedding. Everything's crazy. And now all these people are getting married in football season that didn't want to get married in football season, and they don't even care. And there's just so much going on with two years backup of weddings plus football and everyone expecting these things both to be back in full, hopefully. So it's just like that's where I've been spending time in the last week. And people have a lot of takes about it. I mean, I'm sure you do. You didn't get married in the fall, I presume. Uh, no, I got married December 23rd. And it was great. We invited a bunch of people, but guess what? When you get married on December 23rd, nobody can come. Which was, was that by design? Oh, 100% by design. Mm. After going to, what? After buying two tuxedos in one year and going to multiple, like, multiple bachelor parties and multiple weddings, I was like, oh, let's have a wedding that nobody can go to. This is fantastic. So here's my, listen, my definitive take when it comes to the fall wedding is get married whenever you want. If the people aren't going to show up, that means they don't love you as much as they love college football. And those maybe aren't the friends that you need to have. So that's my take on it. I would love to go to a fall wedding this year. The problem for me, and I think this is the big thing, you, me, we have to work. Yeah. Right? Like I have, I have to be watching football i have to be in studio for the saturday show if you don't have to be there i go friends over everything i miss my i miss my um my niece i missed her one-year-old birthday party because i had to go to the opening and i had to they pushed the party a day back i scheduled i booked my flight so that i could go to her party and then leave from her party to go to the airport and then it rained the day of the party no. they were going to have. So they had to push it back a day. And I missed the party. And I was crying in the airport, talking to my lady at Delta. And she was like, what's wrong? You seem, you're, you always are so, you know, you're so gregarious. You're so happy. What happened this time? And I was like, my niece's birthday party was supposed to be this morning. And now it's tomorrow. And I'm not going to be there for it. And it sucks. And I can't get out of it. But I have to do this to make money. If you don't have to do it to make money, show up for your friends. Watch it on your phone. That's what. So that's what all of these people said. If people want to watch games on their phone, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. And there was this great clip we embedded in the story. Um, Reddit CFB shared it where, like, they, the guy, it looks like he's holding up his phone to take a photo, like, of the, the nuptials. Right. But really, he's just broadcasting the game. So everyone behind him can see the game. And that's mm-hmm. brilliant. There are creative ways to get around this. Now that you can watch stuff on your phone, if you really need to do it, do it. I, d- just do it. Just do it. But no, I, you know, there was one, I was at a wedding a couple years ago. I did take one Saturday night off to go. It's nice to have a night off. It was. And it was a best friend. And they probably will not forgive you if you don't do it. And Florida State almost lost to somebody that night. I'm forgetting who now, but it was um, 
Did they play like Old Dominion or somebody? And there was like they nearly lost. Oh, um, when they pl- a couple years ago when they played. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, Sanford. Sanford. Yes, that's what it was. And I almost went up to the DJ and took the microphone to announce the score just because it was a Florida State wedding, and I just yeah. thought it would be funny. But I decided I would wait until if it, it went final, and it wasn't. But I came close. I came pretty close. That that was interesting, and I would have felt guilty for not watching it live. But one thing that I think came through in this story, talking to couples who've been planning weddings, is that it's just one day of football. Yeah, You're, the love is more. Love is more, and I like. I feel like I, I feel like I'm Carl, right, from um, uh, Summer House, right? Like more life, but like more love. More love. Like, let's do it. Like, I'm in. I'm into it. So, yeah. No, I am. I'm 100% pro get married whenever you can get married because. Well, except if you can get married around a holiday so nobody comes. Oh, yeah. No, if you don't want. Listen, I'm going to. Listen, if you want me to just kind of sprinkle a little bit of game on this. get You don't need a ton of people at your wedding. It's your thing, not theirs. And to go through the process of. 250 people and people being upset that they can't bring their kid or people being upset that they can't do like don't do don't worry about it tell them to kick rocks it's about you and your your partner and that's the whole deal like i as someone who i've obviously i am married (laughs) um guess what when your kid is when your kid's got diarrhea on a tuesday night all the people that you invited to your wedding aren't going to help you. It's you and your partner. Thank you for that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about actual football because I don't really know what to come back from that with. Um, <laughs> okay, so so Felder, we talked about doing a two part um, two part podcast preview. deal here about what you were talking about earlier which is attacking teams so so we picked eight potential college football playoff contenders and we're going to just talk about what could be what could be weaknesses what could be areas of questions what could be um you know areas other teams can attack so i want to start with we're gonna we're gonna hit four today we're gonna hit four next week then we're gonna do season preview because we are getting close to the season Um, So let's start. Let's start with Georgia, because we're not going to include them. They're the borderline team because we're going to keep, you know, the Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, those teams, the teams that are always in the playoff will go next week. Yep. So let's start with Georgia, because this is a program that based on talent alone should be in the playoff every single year. Mm -hmm. Has a quarterback that we should feel a lot better about. JT Daniels. He's healthy. He's got the full full offseason. Should we? Feel okay. Well, about it? okay. Well, we can start there. Is that a question? I, it's not an issue of how healthy he is. So the first question I have for Georgia is, what do they let him do? What are they going to let JT Daniels do? What are they going to let him do? Because I get it. You bring in Eric Gilbert, which is one of the biggest acquisitions in terms of the transfer portal. You still have... Um, you have Jamari Sawyer up front. You have the the uh, you have uh, oh my god, what is his name? Now this is now I'm just going into a 
a, a mind palace. Zamir White, Z White, Zeus. You still have him in the backfield. You still have James Cook. But what do you let your quarterback do? And I think that's where we have to start, right? If we're going to start with contenders and pretenders or start with questions, let's start with Georgia. And what are you going to let your guys do? Well, okay, so let's say they, they let him throw the ball. Okay. Let's say there's better play calling on third downs. Better how dis- far? I don't know, like how far he can throw it. Let's like, don't you have well, no, to no, at no, some no. point? That's the thing. That's the thing, though. How far do you let him throw it? Do you only want him to do what Jake Fromm did, where he throws it from 12 yards but and they down? Know, they have to know that that doesn't work. And that JTG, like, when they let, when he was able to throw the ball, good things happen. Yes, I agreed. It the was issue, beautiful. Like, this has been what's been frustrating for Georgia fans is the conservative play calling, right? And you gotta, yes. you got to get away from it because otherwise you're too predictable. Your defense can exactly. be good. You're in and you're out, but you're not going to score enough points. Yep. We're on the same page. I, that's the, the question for me with Georgia. Uh, the two, so I have two questions. One, what do they let JT Daniels do? Two, are they interested in getting after the quarterback? Because that's another thing that I think is, it's in, I hate to frame everything through the lens of Alabama, but I have to, right? Because the reality is Alabama was a middling pass rush team from 2007 to 2014. And then they realized we really need to get sacks to help out our defensive backs. We really need to put pressure on the quarterback. And so they became a different team. And if you go through and you look at Georgia, Georgia's a team that a year ago, I mean, they put together a a season with what? 30 sacks, 32 sacks a season ago. But sacks per game, they become a different football team because they played more games than a bunch of people. And three sacks per game for them still puts them in the top 12, top 13. But the reality of it is, is that they weren't a team that applied the pressure in the same way that we saw Clemson per se apply pressure. And I think that's a different thing. So we do have to, I I am curious because Nolan Smith is a monster and they lose Aziz Adjulari, obviously. So how they handle that's going to be really critical to me because I want Nolan Smith getting after quarterback every single time. Do it. Go get a guy. And I want these five techs, Trayvon Walker. I want Devontae White. I want those guys getting after the quarterback. I want Jalen Carter to have an opportunity to get after the quarterback. And by the way, I will say this. They have my favorite non-defensive back player, N'Kobe Dean. I told you about his his nickname, right? No. Oh, I haven't told you about N'Kobe Dean's nickname? They call him, in recruiting, they called him Codeine because he puts you to sleep. Oh, I like that. Big hitter. Kid's a monster. So, I love their defense. I love the pieces of their defense. Obviously, I know they lost my guy, Richie LeCount, which, by the way, Richie, if you're listening to this, I'm coming for you, my man. Because when you slapped my back at the opening, it did hurt me very badly, and it interrupted a take, and I had to do a reshoot. So, I'm coming for you. But I wish you the best of luck in the next level. But they got Louis Cine. Uh, they've got um, Speed. You throw in, uh, oh, the transfer from Clemson, Darian Kendrick. Is at, 
I love their defense. I love their offense. Love their offensive line. I think JT Daniels is a quality quarterback. I just, I, it's, this is purely a what are you going to let them do situation. I also think it's interesting when you talk about how they're built defensively. Um, you know, like, are they going to stop other teams from running on them? Yes. Sure. Are, but the question is about attacking. It's kind of like that evolution that we've we talked so much about Nick Saban and how he's right. evolved offensively. But it's like the defenses can't just be solid. They also have to attack now. And that's because of the, yes. you know, the Brett Venables you mentioned, Clemson. And some of these defensive coordinators, you know, it, it's not enough to just literally play defense. You have to be offense on defense as well. You have to, yes, you have to, you have to, you have to go on the attack. It's not reacting. You have to be pro. It's not about being reactive. You have to be proactive. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think it's going to come down to play calling and, you know, just conservative play. You have a quarterback who you should trust to throw the ball. You can be multidimensional. You can put up points. And you also, can. you can. You can. So you got to do it. And also, Kirby's made some questionable third and fourth down calls in his career as a head coach at Georgia. <laughs> so you gotta, you've got to not do that, too, when the game's on the line. We have to wonder about George Pickens' timetable for return. He obviously got hurt in spring practice. Is he going to be a superhuman like Amari Rogers and come back like immediately, or is it going to take him more time? That's going to be super interesting to see what happens because he is incredibly dynamic and he's a weapon down the field. Obviously, they have Eric Gilbert, who's also a monster at that tight end slash flex position. But and we saw him get. You know, you want to know something? Hour back. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Gilbert had at LSU as a true freshman in the pandemic, he had 35 catches. If he can't get to 35 at Georgia, they're doing something wrong. Agree. Agree. And, you know, there's a reason he was one of the hottest transfers in the country. There's a lot of talent there. You got to use it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to Oregon. Another title okay. contender. Um, expectations high. Biggest questions facing the Ducks. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to start with you. What do you think are the biggest questions? So, I mean, I think you've got to figure out how good the quarterback position can be. Sure. Um, I, I think too, it's just been a while since. So, so you've obviously got a lot of talent. Mario Cristobal's got a lot of talent. Sure. 
can it come together? Can they do what they need to? Can they not lose games they shouldn't lose? Um, and can the quarterback be consistent? Anthony I think, Brown. Yeah. BC transfer. He's got a lot of experience. He, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's had a track record. He's been injured. He's had season-ending injuries. Is, is, is that the guy? Can that be the guy to bring right. Oregon back to the playoff? Or is it Jay Butterfield? who I love his name, just for the record. It's a great name. But Jay Butterfield is an incredibly dynamic player, but is he ready to kind of take the reins? Right. And then when you do have a player who's had season-ending ACLs, what does that mean in terms of what they can do on the field? Yeah. I, I think the biggest question for me with Oregon, I think quarterback play is important, but honestly, this is a team with a offensive line coach as their head coach. With a hard, they have a harder nose mentality than I think a lot of people not on the West Coast give them credit for. And I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is their run game. CJ Verdell, uh, I want to see Sean Dollars go get go go make some go make things happen. And I don't know if you use him the way they used. Um, what was the Black Mamba's name? Kid that played for Kansas City, Deontay Thomas. If they use, I, I want to see them use Sean Dollars in that little kind of a gadget way, right? Where he can play an H, he can play your RB, he can do all those different things. I want to see that happen for Sean Dollars because he's so um, incredibly uh, versatile in what he can do. Obviously, Micah Pittman is a monster. So offensively for me, I think that this is going to be a run-forward team. And if Anthony Brown is the starter, I do think that I'd like to see him run a little more. That's the thing at BC I didn't see enough of. Yeah. Run a little more. He's good. Well, he's going to have to. But again, like you're coming off of season-ending ACLs. It's still a lot to ask. But yeah. I, think, I think they just need – you need consistency at the position. There's – you know, we can get into this. But the rest of the Pac-12, like where – you know, who scares you? Right? right. Like this is – Bingo. This is – you know, Oregon's, Oregon's got a chance here. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think, I, look, I'm probably, I guess we haven't made our picks yet. I'm probably going to put them, I think they can make the playoff. I think they sure. should. They've got enough talent. Um, it's, it's just self-inflicted wounds, potentially. Right. And, so, and then you flip it over to the other side of the ball, and honestly, I'm curious to see what their secondary looks like. I love Verone McKinley. Uh, lo- I, I saw McKinley when he was, like, a kid in Texas – like a kid. And I was like, what is this little like baby doing out here? And then watching him get out in the field. And he's just, he's young, scrappy. And I love that. And they've, I'll, I'll be honest, Oregon's had a couple of defensive backs that I just absolutely have been in love with from Verone McKinley to Thomas Graham. I just, I absolutely have loved those guys, even going back to like to the Chung days. So I love that. And up front, they have arguably the best defensive player in the country in Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, that's a huge one, right? That's huge to have him. We talked about rushing the passer with Georgia. Now we talk about it with Oregon. They have a definitive pass rusher and a guy who is fully capable of blowing up a game, which we saw in the Pac-12 championship game against what Utah. He destroyed that game. He was a he was a he was listen. He got it was Rex and effects up there. Um, Justin Flo and and Noah Sewell are going to be really interesting to see as players who 
are so talented and like watching them in high school and them getting more action is going to be really fun. So I think they've got the blueprint for a team that can get to the playoff. The question again, as you mentioned, is going to be, what do we get out of the quarterback position? And how do we, I honestly, how do we stretch the field, right? Like how do we stretch the field? I think this is going to be a run focused team, but they've got to figure out how to stretch the field. Yeah. I I'm curious to, um, you know, when you talk about that pressure defensively, you know, how many games can that change? How many, how many, how many moments can that change a game? So it's, that's the, that's the thing. The moments, I think, I think it's the moments that it can change a game, right? Cause if you're a team that puts together two first downs in a row and then Kayvon Thibodeau comes in and he's like, no, not today. And now on third and medium, you don't convert and you have to punt, that gives them an extra opportunity. I think that's, uh, like, I know everybody is so interested in sack numbers and so interested in this, but if you can force an incompletion on third and medium, now you're doing your job. And I think that's something worth mentioning. Does does Thibodeau play his way into, like, top, you know, top five of the draft? I think he starts off as top five right now, don't you? Okay, does he play his way into potential number one then? And I think that becomes a question of, Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, and, and also probably how their seasons go. Yeah, I think that's. I think that becomes a question because they. He may well be the best football player in the nation, but quarterback is a position of thirst when it comes to the NFL. In general. And so, yeah, in yeah, in general, I think. College is less thirsty than than the NFL because in the NFL, you also need that guy to be the face of your franchise where we just got done with Clemson having Christian Wilkins as the face of who they are. And I think that in the NFL, if you're a GM, your whole entire identity is tied to the quarterback that you pick. I mean, we live in Chicago, right? Justin Fields, he's going to make or break the GM for the Bears. Well, you would you would have thought Mitch Trubisky would have done that. That yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I agree that Thibodeau will still probably be the best player in the country. Let's stay in the league. Let's let's hit Washington. Jimmy Lake's second year. The Pac-12 teams are a little bit harder to tell. We barely got a season. It's, yeah. it's hard to say, especially when you had a new coach. Um, it, it's hard to see, like, does that count as your one? Did you see growth? What do you make of, of Washington? Um, you know, can is, is there – there's a lot of talent on this roster. Yeah, I'm, because it's Jimmy Lake, I'm going to start on the backside, right? Like, I'm going to start on the defensive side. He got a transfer who I love in Bookie Radley-Hiles from um, – not from Nebraska. He was committed to Nebraska, ended up at Oklahoma, then transferred to Washington. Um I also love Asa Turner. Asa, I mean, this kid's got amazing hair. He can move. Wheels for days. So, and, and Asa was a big win for Jimmy Lake in terms of getting him in recruiting because he was going to end up at Notre Dame and Washington was able to pull him away. Uh, they got guys like Savelle Smalls, who's a big, like, Savelle Smalls was a huge deal in recruiting. Now let's see it on the field in a full season. I wonder what their defensive front looks like. That's a big question mark for me, but I know that their back seven's going to be good. 
I just wonder where, again, we talked about this already when we talked about Georgia, we talked about Oregon. Where does your pressure come from? Can you apply that pressure and make them bend to your will? So that's the big question for me is what their pressure front looks like. Um, on the other side of the ball, man, I, I've, back, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this offense looks like. Yeah, I, I don't either. I think I'm, I'm particularly concerned about the passing game. You had five transfers out. So you're gonna it's gonna be young. It's gonna be young. Yeah. There's there's gonna be talent, but these are these are Jimmy Lake's guys, right? Like these are this is this is his era. These are the twenty twenty class. Um and you're you're gonna have to rely on them. So I you know, I, I think that's the question. If we're talking about things that we like in Oregon, you're talking about the team that, you know, you're gonna be measured against, that you gotta go through. I mean, Thibodeau can eat up pretty much anyone alive. You know, yeah. how, how's, how's, how's Washington going to move the ball on Oregon's defense? You know, different things like that. But um, a lot of questions about how it's going to be built, how they're going to – who they're going to throw the ball to. Yeah, that's, the, that's my big – who are you throwing it to? And more specifically, who are you targeting to throw it to that scares anyone? And if you don't have people that scare anyone – what are you doing? Like, let's be real. What is their, their leading receiver last year caught 18 passes? Like, that's – I know they didn't play a lot of games, but that's not enough. Puka Nakua is out the door, who I thought had a really bright future, and then he obviously elected to transfer. And it's – I I don't know. Like, I – I know they're – here's the thing. I know Washington is going to be a good football team. But I don't know if they're going to be a, a championship-level football team. Oh, hang on. Did Puka, Puka – didn't – did he transfer? Now I'm, now I'm confused. Yeah, he transferred to BYU. I'm right. I know I was right. I was right. I'm on it. I'm on it. I was doing my BYU depth charts, and I was like, Puka Nakua's in here. And I was like, hang on, am I wrong? No, I'm right. He's gone. But the point is, I think this is a team, they don't feel dangerous. Which feels, and the way that I put it, a lot of times, so, and please follow me with this stupid metaphor that I'm going to create, but there's some teams that are boa constrictors, and there's some teams that are vipers. A boa constrictor is not nearly as scary as a viper. And Washington, in their current iteration, feels a lot like a boa constrictor. And if they can get you, and this is same as Georgia, they can constrict and they can slowly suck the life out of you. But a viper, bang, bang, you're done. And if you don't have that bang, you're done quality, it makes it a lot harder to win those big games, the games that matter the most, whether it's the Pac-12 championship or taking on a USC or taking on an Oregon. And if you don't have that quick strike, it's tougher to win that game because what you've got to do is really slowly coil around and make it work. Quite a metaphor. Look at you. You are like in mid-season form. <laughs> mid-season form.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's switch gears. Let's let's go to Notre Dame, um, and this will be our fourth and final uh, contender for part one. And and Notre Dame, I think, is more inter- I'm more interested in them than I've been in years. Really? Maybe not in terms of expectations, but just the post Ian Book era and the post Clark Lee era. Right. It's just it's it's been a little while since we've seen significant change at those two. Two right, spots. right, right. I mean, right. Like they lose, they lose, they lose actual players on the field, and then also a mind. Like they because yes. they lost Mike Elko, and then obviously you lose Lee. That's two big losses in what three, three, four years. Yeah, and and to to not take a step back, but also so Ian Book, it, he, he had such an interesting relationship with that fan base, right? Like they were constantly frustrated by him, but he was still yeah. the like most successful quarterback in Notre Dame mm-hmm. history. Um, and then you go to Jack Cohn, and I don't know what that looks like. Is he for sure going to win this job? I think that's expectation. Because they have, they still have what Drew Drew Pide. So I just, I'm very curious to see what a transfer quarterback looks like under Brian Kelly, because he knows what life can be like outside of this program. Does that make sense? Yeah. He knows, like, Paul Christ is notably a per- – like, I've talked to him before. He's a personable person, right? And then you're coming into Brian Kelly's world. And I'm very curious to see how this relationship develops between them. Yeah, I mean, he – you know, we'll probably know. I think they're going to – that's going to be an earlier decision in, you know, not necessarily to the 11th hour, but – Sure. I mean, I mean that's that's what's interesting, especially you know when you you've you've always got good running backs, you always got good tight ends, mm-hmm. but again, like part of the reason that the fan base was so frustrated with Ian Book was inopportune picks, yep, and bad decisions, bad decisions. You know, like so it's you know can can a transfer quarterback get there? And this is what is always the always the question. And I think too, you know, when you've seen players or, or programs that go the transfer route, what does that do to the depth behind it when that guy gets the job? Do they leave? Does that right. put you in position to have to get a transfer next year? Like, I just sort of wonder, after you've had so much stability at the position with Ian Book, um, just what that looks like. Because you've got great pieces around you. Yeah, I, and I, I love the like I love Avery Davis, a guy that was a quarterback converted to wide receiver. I, I wonder if he can be their stretch the field guy, or if he's going to remain as sort of an intermediate player. Uh, Lawrence Keyes is another guy. Can he stretch the field? 
Uh, we know their offensive line is going to be good. Even with the losses, I, I really – I'm excited for that. We know they're going to be good at the tight end spot. Michael Mayer – He's kind of really good. Sh- he sh- showed up a year ago and was yep. like, put me in. I'm ready. <laughs> so, it's just – and we know their running game, I think, is going to be good for the most part. For the bulk of their schedule, they're going to be able to – out-muscle people up front to force the run game down their throat. Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree. Chris Tyree is interesting to me as a gadget piece, uh, as a guy that can kind of flex out and move around and do a bunch of different things. It, I mean, let's be honest. The problem for them is has been and will probably continue to be, how do we stretch the field? How do we get that Viper mentality, right? Like, we've talked about this. We talked about it when they were in the playoff. They've been in the playoff, what, twice? Is it two times? They've been in the playoff, and they just don't pose a threat in terms of scaring the defensive backs, scaring the linebackers to the point where the linebackers are more worried about the pass than they are about coming up and stuffing the run. And so that's the part that's going to remain, and it's 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 a mentality, but it's also a, a reality, right? Good. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but yeah. It's it's that's what it is, and and then you flip it over, and they've had good defensive backs at Notre Dame. I thought Sean Crawford was awesome. I am in love with Kyle Hamilton. He is one of my favorite safeties in the game. He um he he's so physical. He's so omnipresent in terms of what's happening. I love that. I like. I think Houston Griffin is really good, or excuse me, Griffith. Didn't want to don't don't want to upset your 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 BTN folks, right? Yeah. Griffith. 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 Um they got a transfer in an Isaiah Pryor, who I'm very curious to see where they move him and how they use him. So it just is for me, I'm I hate to sound like a like a like a um I hate to beat a dead horse, but you gotta be able to get to the quarterback. The Adam and Lola, uh, those twins are going to be interesting to see how they work out. Uh, Justin and Jason, if I'm not mistaken, how they get to the quarterback because you got to put pressure. I think they're going to be good at, they're going to be fine at stopping the run. And they'll be great on the back end. I, I don't, that's the problem. I don't know if they're going to be great on the back end because the problem is if you can't get to the quarterback. That's true. And you give them all this time. I, folks who are listening to this, there is one thing that I will say. When you know where you're going and where you're supposed to end up, you're going to be definitively better than a guy who's trying to run backwards. And that's just the reality of the situation. And so when they get into games, I don't care if it's Clemson or Alabama or, or North Carolina or any of these teams. When you get into games where your defensive backs, when you don't get pressure on the quarterback, which means we're like, we're what? We're going to have Sam Howell sitting back there for four seconds? He gets to sit back for four seconds. Now all of a sudden, your defensive back is in trouble. And it's not because I don't think Kyle Hamilton or Griffith or, or um, um, Ter- Bracey, Tariq Bracey, I don't think they're, it's not because I don't think they're good. It's because I'm scared of what happens when they have to cover. Covering someone all the way across the field is hard. It's really hard. And they got a lot of stuff they can do. So, I don't know. I just am, 
I don't know that they have the pass rushers that you need. When's the last time we talked about Notre Dame and a pass rusher? Well, again, you're talking about what are the things that have been apparent when they play, you know, the yeah. Alabamas and the Ohio States and the Clemsons of the world, right? Like, these are the differences. And also, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on this, too. And we've talked about this, too, right? When, when you see the, the speeds, side, size, athleticism, like the, the talent, the, the pure mm-hmm. athleticism on the field. Are, is there a way for Notre Dame to make that up? Or is this going to be something every single time when they play a Clemson that gets exposed? So I, I, here's the thing, and I, I, and I hope Notre Dame fans have listened through to this. I think they're fast, and I think they are strong. I think the problem becomes when it's not that they have a deficit of speed or strength. What happens is when you're equal, and when you're equal, now you have a problem. Because that's when scheme, technique, ability, that's when all those things come into play. Like, we've seen these guys at the Combine, right? They lift just as much as someone from Alabama. They run just as fast as someone from Clemson. They run just as fast as someone from Ohio State. That's not the issue. The issue is putting all those pieces together and having them act as a unit, which I think maybe goes back to coaching. Isaiah Pryor, who we're going to see play for Notre Dame this year, he played at Ohio State. We know he's good. And Avery Davis, if he did, if Avery Davis early in his career wasn't locked into playing quarterback, he would have been at Oklahoma or Texas or Ohio State or USC somewhere playing wide receiver already. They just got him to convert his position. I don't think there's this massive deficit of athleticism. I think there is... I think there's a cultural execution and technique issue because they're so used to leaning on people from an offensive line standpoint. They're so used to leaning on people and those people move. When you lean on people and those people lean back on you, now you have to do something. And honestly, I think at the end of the day, if I was going to put a button on it, I think that not having a backup plan is Notre Dame's biggest problem. They don't have a backup plan. If the thing that they've been doing all year doesn't work, they don't know what else to do. Let's wrap it there. We will hit Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, our playoff mainstays. Next week, we'll go through their biggest questions. Um, But Felder, before we go, we got to do our last call, which for everyone who is new to the show – it is a rant or a rave. It is something that we would cheers to or yell about at two in the morning in a in a bar with a final round. And um, Felder, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to to what we were talking about earlier. Fall weddings. Yeah. I understand that it's easy to mock people who plan fall weddings. That it's funny to say, "How could you do this?" Mm-hmm. Only former friends schedule fall weddings. Um, but you know what? My cheers is two fall weddings because you know what? It is beautiful. The weather is nice. You can have a nice outdoor ceremony, maybe a light breeze. The, the fashion for women is the best of the whole calendar year of what you can wear. And yeah, listen, I, I know you're going to have some issues with anniversaries. You know, I mean, you know, maybe it's going to fall on a Saturday night and, and you got to go out to dinner or you want to go on a trip. Maybe you got to sacrifice a home game somewhere. But honestly, the photos are going to look great. The 
guests are going to be happy, except for missing a game, but they can watch it on their phone. And it's just the best time of year to do stuff. This is why I always try to sneak out and go, you know, apple picking or do something like fall activities, get some cider donuts on a Sunday, because the fall is the best time of year. So don't write off the entire season for weddings just because of one football game. Yeah. I Listen, I – listen, I – applause, applause. Um, honestly, if you get married in the summertime, I think you are doing a crime against me and how much I sweat. Well, you're, you're working on that. Yeah, I'm working on it, but you're still doing a crime against me. Um, for me, last call, I just bought a house. Woo! Um, why can't mortgage lenders work? Like, why are, they so, why are they so remarkably incompetent? Like, this is a full rant. You can see me. I'm drinking my liquid death right now. I, I tried that recently, by the way. It's too weird. I don't need to it's drink water out, of, water out of a can. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But I, too weird. I Listen, this is helping me calm down because we were at our closing for two and a half hours. If I'm doing paperwork for four and a half weeks, why? Why? Does it take two and a half hours for you to unlock the funding that we've been talking about for over a month? I don't understand it. I am upset about it. And my, you know my wife, hour back. My wife said, yes, I had two children there. One child I would entertain, and the other child I just tried to ignore. And I was the one being ignored. So that's, I'm just doing a little mini rant because the, I've only, I bought two houses in my life. One house, they thought I was the owner of Bleacher Report. Yeah, that's me, Michael Report. Michael Bleacher Report. I'm a 1099, baby. Don't you know what that means? And then the other one, I am just... Was this because of your email address? No! It's because they don't know what they're doing. Your email address includes the word bleacher. Maybe that's where this came from. Yeah, but my tax returns don't when I send them in to you. Just saying. I can see where they came from. But you can tell. Like, I'm worked up again. It's so frustrating to go through all this stuff. I'm sending you every day I get a checklist of documents over the course of a month and I send them all in. And then we go to the place and then I have to wait two and a half hours. That's crazy. I haven't had lunch. 10 until 1230. That's nuts. Okay. That's all. That's it. All I'm, right. Well, let's, let's get you. you we're know. getting ready for the season. I'm getting ready for my day. It's all good. I just, I just, I want it to work the way it's supposed to work. And I feel like we need a snack. So we'll work on that for after you finish your liquid death. It's good. It's, it's you... just water. It's just water. It's just out of a can. Yeah. But weird. 100% recyclable. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it's, 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 it doesn't taste any different than water. It just tastes, I think it's just a weirder venue to have the water. As someone that has a Fiji habit, like... I don't know if I'm going to, I might, I don't know if I'm going to stick with this, but I've got, like, I've got, I, I'll call, I'm a water snob. Apparently. Yeah. I'm a Fiji and now liquid death guy. Okay. I'm a tap water person. So. Oh, I uh, love me some Voss too, baby. Oh my God. You are so, so <laughs> snooty with this water take. Sorry. Well, let's wrap it there. We will do biggest questions for Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma next week. We will do season previews. Tweet us questions. Tweet us thoughts. We will answer them over the next couple power hours. Um, and 
I wanted to just thank you again for listening to Power Hour. If you are not already an Athletic subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com slash Nicole and get a special. Uh, Andy Staples will be back on this feed the rest of the week. Ari Wasserman, they will have some usual antics as always. We will be back next Tuesday for the next episode of Power Hour. For Michael Felder, I'm Nicole Auerbach, and thanks for listening. (laughs) 